medical minute hits around. Who do we have with us? Emily. David. George. Okay, and we can thank David for this medical minute. Guys, I'm going to start off with a famous quote. I want books and babies and beef stew. Anybody know who said that? No? What a gal, what a lady. Doesn't it make your heart pitter-patter, David? Well, that was said by Sylvia Plath. Okay? American, famous American poet who unfortunately died, right? And what did she die of? Does anyone, does anyone know? CO2 poisoning? CO2 poisoning is incorrect. You're just one oxygen off. Oh. <laughs> Carbon monoxide. There we go. Carbon monoxide poisoning. You know how? This is a very famous image. You'll see it sometimes on artwork, etc. No? She actually put her head in an oven uh, with, the, uh, with the gas on. Yep. So sometimes you'll see that type of iconography uh, in, uh, in different types of pop art, etc. But she is perhaps the most famous person who ever died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay? So I want to go back to her, her, her quote, which is, I want books and babies and beef stew. Because carbon monoxide poisoning also is, uh, is used to actually color meat red. Did you guys know that? No? So a lot of meat is sealed in this container, right? That's uh, air sealed. And they'll actually pump a little bit of carbon monoxide uh, into that basically sealed air uh, to make meat look redder. Because it binds the myoglobin, which is in all the meat, and actually makes it look more red. So an interesting fact there. Okay, enough about poetry and beef stew. What do people with carbon monoxide poisoning often present with? Do you guys know the signs and symptoms people often complain of? Headache. Headache. Headache's the number one. Great. George? Uh, say nausea, dizziness, fatigue. Nausea, dizziness, fatigue. Awesome. I think they said them all. Said them all, yes. Unless they're really sick, and then they have syncope, coma, right? But a lot of these are really sound almost like flu-like illness, right? It's people who feel sometimes just headache, they feel nauseous, they feel dizzy, they feel a little off. And oftentimes a whole family will come in saying the same thing, that they feel a little off. And because of that, it's often misdiagnosed, okay? So carbon monoxide poisoning has got to be something that's definitely on everyone's radar, especially when it gets cold. So we see a lot of carbon monoxide poisoning that's seasonal. So at the beginning of winter, when people are turning on their old furnaces that they haven't used for months, right? Or some people who are, you know, some people will do some unorthodox things, like they'll go and they'll turn on their stove and open it, or they'll start burning wood inside. So a lot of people get carbon monoxide poisoning because they're trying to heat their homes in sometimes unconventional or, let's just say it, stupid ways. <laughs> okay? Um, so that's why carbon monoxide detectors are basically required by most, most housing codes nowadays because we used to have a lot of people die of carbon monoxide poisoning. We still, in the States, have hundreds of people who die from carbon monoxide poisoning every year. I think the uh, number is 500. And then we have tens of thousands who actually come in with carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, either inadvertent or purposeful where they're trying to kill themselves with carbon monoxide. Yeah. So... When we suspect carbon monoxide poisoning, how do we test for it? Is it with an ABG or with a carb yeah. hemoglobin or something? 
great. Carboxyhemoglobin is exactly the level that we measure, right? Uh, and there's some, there's some fancy things that you can measure it externally, but those haven't been well validated. So really how we measure it is we check your blood, right? Because what happens if you put a pulse oximeter on someone who's got uh, carboxyhemoglobin, who's, who's got severe carbon monoxide poisoning? What's it going to read? Yeah, it's normal. Exactly. So it doesn't change that. Uh, but but uh, so on a normal pulse ox, it's not going to read anything different. So we have to measure it via the blood. Okay. So in a normal person, uh, us who are all four non-smokers, right, guys? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Great. We're our normal carboxyhemoglobin level is around one to three percent. And a smoker, it can be as high as ten to fifteen percent. Okay, and then in someone who's got carbon monoxide poisoning, there could be a wide variety of ranges, but we consider a severe carbon monoxide poisoning of greater than 25. So 25 is one of the magic numbers. Okay, now, um, oftentimes if we suspect someone who's got carbon monoxide poisoning, we get their blood and we uh, we send it off, and then also we try to determine how to treat them. Right. And what's the treatment each one of you can do at the bedside as soon as you suspect that someone might have carbon monoxide poisoning? High flow O2, High flow O2 right? You smack the non-rebreather on them. And what, that, what, what does that do? It, it lets the oxygen bind to the hemoglobin cells and knocks off the CO2. Yeah, the, C, the CO. You got it. Exactly. Exactly. So carbon monoxide and, and uh, so oxygen and carbon monoxide both bind to the same place on hemoglobin, right? So a hemoglobin, hemoglobin is this, uh, you know, protein that's in all our blood cells and it usually can accept four oxygen molecules. And when carboxyhemoglobin binds to one of those, your body actually has trouble letting go of those other three normal oxygen mo molecules. Okay. So when you have high levels of carbon monoxide, you actually have trouble oxygenating the rest of your body, okay? Now, um, when you put people on O2, the normal half-life of carbon monoxide is 300. So if I'm just breathing normal air, I'll get rid of half, half, my, uh, half my carbon monoxide in a little over, uh, you know, little over four hours, right? Or a little under four hours, I should say. If, uh, if you put them on 100% O2, it's actually down to 90 minutes. And if you put them in a chamber and you dive them, a hyperbaric chamber, it's 30 minutes. Okay? So there's a big variety of things there. But definitely step number one is 100% O2. And if we ever have to intubate these people, it's putting them on high flow O2 also throughout their intubation. Okay? Um, why do we worry about carbon monoxide? We know it kills people, but how does it kill people? So yeah, so in a, in a sense, a lot of people suffocate, right? But how about people who don't, who don't get such bad carbon monoxide poisoning that they've suffocated, but that they just get really sick? There's two organ systems that we worry about a lot with, with carbon monoxide. Brain. brain. So brain is definitely one of them, right? The lungs are definitely where the carbon monoxide gets in, but it's actually not. It's the, it's the heart and the brain. Okay? So acutely, carbon monoxide uh, binds to hemoglobin, but it also binds to myoglobin. And myoglobin exists in all our muscles, right? So your, your heart muscles will pick up myoglobin. The myoglobin in your heart muscles will pick up carboxy, uh, sorry, 
carbon monoxide and will actually be unable to really metabolize well and will hence be stunned. So a lot of people have cardiac effects uh, from carbon monoxide in high enough levels. And then the other one which is interesting is the brain. Because the brain both picks up carbon monoxide and you can get symptoms like headache, like nausea, like vomiting. Uh, and then you can have syncope from it. But the really thing that we worry about with carbon monoxide is actually delayed neurologic sequelae. So when carbon monoxide gets in your brain, it actually can start oxidizing and it can form free radicals and it can damage your brain afterwards. So sometimes people who even survive an acute carbon monoxide, um, basically like uh, toxicity, can go on to months or years later really develop severe cognitive problems, problems remembering, personality changes. It's almost like having a super concussion. Okay? Um, and that's one of the things, the reasons why we think that diving people or putting them in a hyperbaric chamber is one of the thing, good things to do if someone's levels are over 25 or 40. Okay? Um, the use of hyperbaric oxygen is really pretty controversial. Different toxicologists will tell you different things. And it's because there's around three studies out there and all of them say something different. Uh, you know, one study says that if you, that people have less delayed neurologic sequelae, some people says, one, one study says that people do a lot worse. And then one study I think was stopped because more people were having uh, worse, worsening neurologic sequelae. So um, whether or not we dive people is really controversial now. And, and the ED doc usually doesn't make that call. It's usually the toxicologist who does it. There's a group of patients who we often dive um, and there's not as much debate over, right? Actually, there's two. One is people with heart conditions who are having active chest pain or EKG changes. That's a pretty clear, clear uh, indication to put someone in a hyperbaric chamber. The other is mothers, right? People who are carrying babies because our normal hemoglobin has a high affinity for, for uh, carbon monoxide, but fetal hemoglobin has an actual higher affinity than maternal hemoglobin does. So those are people who often will require going into a hyperbaric chamber if they've got carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay. Yeah. What does carbon monoxide smell like? Odorless. Odorless, tasteless, right? So it's really just really sneaky gas. Okay, carbon monoxide. Think about it when you see pa patients, especially in winter, right? And uh, I think that's it. Any questions, guys? I'm good. So you think the CO monitors that we use in the field, are they accurate at all? Yeah, so you use CO monitors in the field which go on the finger, right? Yeah. Yep, and those actually have two different wavelengths that, that can detect the different carbon monoxide versus, uh, versus uh, so carbon monoxide versus just normal O2 bound blood. So those are actually pretty, pretty accurate. But for example, to get a level, uh, we often will, will rely more on the blood work for that. Okay. Good. Remember one last thing. So people who often come in with carbon monoxide poisoning come in for fires, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, one, of the, one of the things we give worry about also in people with fires is cyanide. And one of the things we give to people with cyanide is that cyano kit, cyanide kit, right? Cyano kit, which, is, uh, which actually changes everything to orange and will throw off your reading of a carbon mono carbon uh, carboxyhemoglobin level. So one of the things that's important is if you do administer that, which we often do, is to actually get that car uh, 
that carboxyhemoglobin level before you administer it. Because if you admit, if you check it afterwards, it's going to be off. It's going to be, it's going to be erroneous.